you're listening to The Private Citizen, defending your right to have something to hide. This is episode 105 for Saturday, the 15th of January, 2022. Law versus Justice. Hey everybody, my name is Fab. Welcome to the show. Come to you live from Düsseldorf on a uh, Saturday this time. Um, I'm streaming this uh, live on Twitch as I as I usually do, and um, yeah, on the Saturday I'm gonna talk a little bit about why that is. But um, I mean, I, I kind of pre-announced it, so it might not be a surprise to you. Um, nice to have you on the show today. We're gonna talk about law and justice and what the difference is. This is gonna be a philosophical one, so uh, get yourself a drink. I'm doing dry January, so I'm having Earl Grey. It's gonna suffice. Um, yeah, this is going to be a bit more out there than the usual episodes, probably, but I think it's an interesting topic and uh, something I just want to talk about also as a basis for f future discussions. Because I feel sometimes you discuss these things, like with previous episodes, I had this feeling uh, with some feedback I got um, about the, you know, the Drachenlord episode, and also not so much feedback, but I, I was kind of like I got the idea for this episode in the previous episode um, when I talked about um, the new German um, triage law, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's an important uh, topic. Uh, as usual, go to privatecitizen.press for the show notes um, where you'll find links to everything I'm going to talk about. Um, I got some um, kind of like um, papers, I'm like legal paper, like not legal, but, but like legal scientific you know, scholarly papers that I'm gonna gonna read from. I'm gonna link all of those. They're all linked in the show notes. Um, and you know, obviously, there's also contact details. If you um, disagree or you agree or you want to tell me something, please can contact. I value that very much. Um, I say that a lot. But anyway, before we get into the topic at hand, um, let's quickly. Um, I wanted to mention quickly that um, I'm going to take February off from work, and which means also from this podcast, because I kind of, sorry, that's my, I, I really need WD-40 for this microphone arm. Um, um, yeah, so I consider this podcast work, of course, because, you know, it's kind of what it is. Um, I like doing it, but, you know, I like doing my work. Um, yeah, and I'm going to take February off uh, to finish my novel. Um, which if you want to read the first two chapters there at grimdeep.com and yeah so don't expect any episodes during february but as usually uh, i will make up for them you know as you as you're seeing here today um, if i don't make a wednesday schedule which i'm really aiming for uh, if i can't make that i'm gonna you know uh, bring you an episode a little bit later and that that will be just the same for that month I don't think I can pre-produce any episodes I really don't have the time in January but you know you'll 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 get you'll get your content um you should you should know that by now just you know a head uh, heads up warning fair warning so that you're not like oh no the podcast is dead uh once February comes along uh, and with that let's let's talk about the topic we're actually uh, here to talk about um so why do i want to talk about this i think um the the difference between law and justice is much misunderstood in our society even 
among relatively uh, intelligent and you know studied people and i think sometimes even um for you know legal professionals um i don't probably not judges so much but i think sometimes i get this feeling with lawyers um and also you know the police which is some some degree also you know has just law enforcement so um and i think it's a it's a case of you know when you're too close to a subject um you um it's kind of, we kind of call this betriebsblindheit in german <laughs> when you um when you're at work and you're you you're dealing with the same topic um uh day after day um you, you become very involved in the intricacies but you can, of of whatever you're doing but you can sometimes um like lose sight of the bigger picture or just like because you're always doing something you you keep doing it and you never re-question that somebody just taught you how to do something and you do it because everybody does it like that in in your company or whatever and uh you never ask like the the bigger questions anymore and i think to some degree this is this is the same like you know lawyers will sometimes um i think equate the law as in you know what's on the books in a given country and obviously i'm going to go into this a little bit i'm going to talk about this a lot from a german perspective but you know just because i'm i'm going to quote some stuff from um american scholars here later but like um a german perspective as in like our legal system which is sub substantially different um you know the german french kind of model uh, you know the roman inspired model is is substantially different from the um english model which the american model is also based on which is uh, but i'm going gonna get into that a lot more later but you know that's more based on um, on uh, precedence um whereas in in germany uh, it's much more about what's actually on the books and there's not so much of an like you know um what what previous courts said is important but generally it's more the commentary it's not like the actual decisions like it's they're not like if if a if a court Uh, has a similar case they're not bound by decisions that other courts uh, have made previously um so um yeah that's a that's a little bit different but like um what i was what i was trying to say there that is that you know um lawyers often or the especially the police tends to see what's what laws are on the book and what they you know how they govern our lives as justice and there can be a substantial difference there sometimes i mean you can you can very well have laws that in a in a specific case um actually um will precipitate injustice and you you, you know and the and the other way around something that might in a specific case be considered but a majority of people justice might actually be against the law um so so there's a substantial difference here and and i think people could when 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 we're talking about topics you know as as we we do on this podcast a lot because you know it's a it's talk about politics a lot um people i i i i feel like sometimes um I, i'm trying to always differentiate these things but you know sometimes i slip up i think sometimes people misunderstand something you know when when i'm talking about laws they in when they listen to the show and i sometimes get this from comments and discussions i've had um mostly discussions i had in email privately because you know people didn't want those to be on the show but um 
they feel like you know oh but this is like really unjust and then i'm going there yeah but i wasn't talking about if it's justice or not right i was just talking about the legal situation at hand um and yeah so that that's why i want to talk about this and as i said it's going to be somewhat of a philosophical episode so if i had to state the difference in um like as 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 concise um as i as i as i could then i would say um justice is a concept of ethics and morality and what is considered justice depends very much on the actual individual that is that we're concerned with that is that is talking in most cases um, whereas law uh, is an instrument you know somebody who studied i mean there, there are many definitions of this but as somebody who studied politics and history um, i would define it as law as an instrument of the state right uh, that is used to um, hopefully in most cases um, bring brings what I wouldn't say brings justice to the people but brings what approaches uh, justice to the majority of the people right so um, and I think that's always the um, the goal of a law is um, sometimes a law can be uh, considered unjust by a often also a minority of people or a, a, a person in a specific case but that that's not what they like laws in a state are not designed to be just in every case they're designed to be just in the majority of cases and as we will hear later in one of these scholarly opinions that i'm going to read from um, in modern states it's uh, law is often concerned with um with um, a certain kind of equality, right? In our modern um, democratic states, a, um, a a model for for laws that we aspire to is is that you know usually it's called fair, although that's also up to it. You know, it's also depends on how you define fair, right? That can also be very personal. Something can be considered fair on a societal level, and 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 then a, 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 some person might not consider it fair, right? Uh, but generally, um, laws are designed so that in, in our modern states, uh, most democracies, um, or in all of them, I think laws are, the, the goal is that that laws, that everybody's equal before the law, which in practice is never the case, right? Um, because by the by the virtue of how the legal system works, for example, in our modern societies that are capitalist societies if you have money you generally um are not equal to somebody who, who doesn't really have money right um, for example in germany if you uh you know if you're in front of a uh if if, if you if you're defended in a, in a criminal case right you always you you get a the state if you don't have money to to you know hire your own lawyer you get a state I think it's the same in the US you get and in the UK you get state appointed um attorney. And you know, but they by the virtue of the fact that they have a lot to do and they're not actually as paid as well as their other colleagues mostly, they often will not be as good as if you just get a you know, if you if you got money and you can afford a state of the art lawyer, you probably have better chances. Um then there's also factors like uh just societal standing. Sometimes just the way you look, 
um, you know, I talked about in the Drachenlord case how when when he had his um, trial, how he just turned up like in this really ratty, shitty T-shirt, and, and basically looked like shit in front of the court. And and um, I mean that that can be a strategy in, in in some cases, but generally, you know, if you if you go to court and you dress up like a respectable citizen in a suit or whatever, uh, or you know, um, then. Often you got better chances than if you just look like some bum that you know dragged in off the street, which you know um, you know contradicts this equality uh, ideal. But you know that's because states are made out out of humans, right? Courts are made out of humans. Everybody's human, and humans have um, you know psychology and emotions, and and those get mixed up with everything. Um, so. If you basically, if you try to find common ground between law and justice, um, or you know that's that's the goal pretty much of of every state, and many scholars have tried to do that, and it's like really hard. So the the question um, you essentially want to a- want to answer, if you look at you know how would you how would how should a legal system work in a democracy to be fair and, and balanced, whatever. Um, you want to basically make the law just enough, you know, just enough, not not just enough, but just as in justice, just enough um, to equate to justice. Like you want your laws of the state to enact justice all of the time, which I think is an ideal and you can't get to. And um, I've read an interesting. So this is a this was a book review on the medium um, by I don't know some kind of think tank I don't know. Um, but you know I don't really care about the source so much because it was written really well um, and it's it uh, makes a lot of sense. So the the book they're reviewing is called The End of Law: How Laws Claims Relate to Laws Aims. So it's a nice book title by the way. That's a, a book by. Um, Wait, I'm, I'm gonna have to have to look that up. Uh, uh, David McIlroy. It's about um, it's it's um, um, like you know it's 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 a legal book. Um, it's written by David McIlroy, as barrister and visiting professor at CCLS Queen Mary University in London. Um, but it is concerned with. A little bit like you know religion as well because um, it's like in in the Western society like r- religious figures in the Middle Ages had an um, impact on on laws right and this is like uh, deals with uh, Augustinus uh, it's Saint well Augustinius we call him um, Saint Saint Augustine and also I think uh, Thomas Aquinas who had a lot of like you know they were theological scholars but they talked a lot about like you know earthly laws and 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 basically justice in their view uh, you know justice comes from god if you're uh, if you're a religious person which i'm not um, it's often you know it's the term divine justice um which i don't i don't subscribe in but you know the goal is kind of the same doesn't doesn't matter if you just want to be scientifically uh have a, have good laws in a good state or if you you know ascribe it to god it doesn't really matter anyway this seems to be a really good book so the in the review they describe 
um, the goal that McIlroy has with this book um, as follows. So they, I'm going to read a little bit from this review. Um, if you were asked to complete without hesitation the phrase law and, probably the first thing that would come to mind is order. Law and order trips off the tongue so easily because it is standard fare in political debate, frequently invoked as a central purpose of government and not only by those on the political right. And rightly so. Without a law-governed framework of public order, society would risk descending into chaos and violence. This is something I subscribe to very much. You know, this is the uh, Th Thomas Hobbes uh, kind of worldview. Law-governed order establishes clear behavioral norms and expectations and so makes social life predictable and thus more or less manageable for citizens, institutions and governments. But as soon as we probe what law and order actually means, we quickly realize it doesn't tell us anything like uh, tells anything like enough about what governments ought to do. After all, many repugnant laws are imposed by governments in order to create order in society. And this is something I talked about on the show very much. You know, um, there's always um, you know the, the worst surveillance laws and you know. Uh, uh, violations of privacy by the state, they will always get justified with order. So uh, this review continues, order itself can never be an adequate statement of the purpose of law. McIlroy's core argument is that justice is the end of law, the ultimate purpose of law. And that's kind of what I said in the beginning, you know, I, I think this as well, I think, um, you know, in a perfect world, um, our laws would would uh, facilitate justice in every case. I don't think that is possible because, you know, life is, is very nuanced and people have very different views and as emotions concerned. And so having a text, basically, you know, the law is literally, you know, sentences, is language. So, so putting, having like a guide that's written in human language, like a logical language, that that encompasses any situation you could ever have is basically impossible um so you know law will never um equate to justice um but it's kind of the goal you know to get there as often as 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 you can so i kind of liked like that review because of that um and then i found um something um, a text by uh, Anthony D'Amato, or Anthony D'Amato, probably he's from the US. Uh, he's a, a law scholar at Northwestern University School of Law. Um, and in 2011, he wrote a paper called On the Connection Between Law and Justice. And um, this is a bit more down to earth than, you know, like godly and, you know, philosophical debate. But I think this. Um, um, he, in the beginning of, of his paper, he he explains the problem very well. Um, he, so Anthony Diamato says, legal and political, so I've, I've got all of this on Private Citizen Press, by the way, if you want to read into it, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you want to read up a little later, or you maybe want to read the whole paper. Um, legal and polit political theorists since the time of Plato have, so ever since we can think basically, or we have written down things, um, have wrestled with the problem of whether justice is part of law or is simply a moral judgment about law. Nearly, so I, I would, I would say it's, I would, you know, 
side on the second. Like, if I had to choose, I think it's more of a moral judgment, but anyway. Nearly every writer on the subject has either concluded that justice is only a judgment about law, or has offered no reason to support a conclusion that justice is somehow part of law. Because I think you'd have to prove that, right? Um, and, 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 you know, you could prove that for a case, right? You could say, okay, in this case, with this law, this happened, and, and, and the decision by the court was just. But to prove that for all cases is impossible, I think. Um, yeah, but uh, Diamato says, uh, this essay attempts to reason towards such a conclusion, arguing that justice is an inherent component of the law and not separate or distinct from it. And I thought this was a very interesting idea. Um, he later says, the legal system is a system of the application of justice to human con conflicts. As I hope, so this is at the end, right? As I hope to have shown, a court cannot simply apply justice without law, because the law, the full panoply of rules, statutes, and precedents, is part of the facts of the party's situation. No decision can be based on justice if relevant facts are unknown to the decision maker. Since law is part of the facts of any case, the law must be made known to the decision maker as it is through the services of counsel, so lawyers, and must be taken into account by the decision maker in order to render full justice to the parties. So he basically says, uh, because a, a judge um, makes a decision you know, he has, there's a conflict, right? There's two parties uh, and the judge has to decide and he, the judge or he or she wants to render justice. To do that, he or she has to take in all, um, all facts of the case. And the Amato says, because the law is a fact of the case, right? Because um, in our societies, uh, there's a German proverb that says, um, Unwissen schützt vor Strafe nicht, which basically means um, it's no defense to not know what the law was, right? Which is generally illegal precedent. I mean, there are sometimes judges are lenient, but generally it's like, you know, to live in a society, to ha you have to know its laws. And so they are part of the case from the beginning. Um, so Diamato concludes by saying, uh, judges should decide cases according to justice. The law is a fact that is as relevant as any other material fact in the determination of what it is, uh, of, of what is just under, of what is just under the circumstances. So basically what he says is, um, he divorces, I, I found this very interesting, he divorces um, a law as a, you know, generally people consider law and, and, and justice equal, right? And he says, no, 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 justice is the important thing. Law, he basically delegates it to as just a, a, a body of rules. He just says, those are just the, the, the rules we made for us to live in, you know, for our society, for all of us to live together in a, in, as, as well as we can. And and a court, the... the um, the the goal of a court is to render justice and and you know the lost is a tool but you know i think in his kind of um arg argument uh, something like you know you would call that if we just talked about it you would call it like common sense would be part of that too right it would be the law but also 
common sense because the goal is justice. And I think this is very smart. And uh, But also, I don't think that most courts don't work that way. Lawyers certainly don't work that way. You know, lawyers are not concerned with what is just. Uh, especially, you know, if you have a defense lawyer, um, you might know that your client is guilty. Your your goal is to get the best outcome for your client. That's how the system works. And that is neither good nor bad. But lawyers, good lawyers, are not concerned with justice. Same for, um, you know, state attorneys. I mean, they they say that. They say they're concerned with justice, but they're actually not, right? They're, they have a goal. Their goal is they think somebody's guilty and um, they want to get them punished, which is that that's one of the reasons. One of these days I'm going to make an episode about the very famous, you know, why you not, you, why you should never talk to the police video. Um, because that's another thing people generally don't understand. People think like, you know, if the, the police police job is to render justice so if i am innocent um i can talk to them which is which is a mistake because the police jobs the police job is not justice the police jobs to enforce laws and and they could be mistaken about you but their job is still if they think you are guilty and they have what they think is proof or you know uh data basically that 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 tells them you are guilty then their job is to put you in jail or to get you you know convicted um they might say they do that this for justice but in fact they're not like their their job is just a process right and the same is for lawyers um and i think why the the amato has a good point i don't think judges work like that either i think you know judges um don't see the law most judges i don't i don't think see the law as just another fact of the case right they often see the law as the the end all be all which makes sense because if it's your job um you have to abide by the law right that's your um if you're a judge right your your job is you 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 go to a room and there are two parties and they have a conflict and you have to decide um, on behalf of you, you basically you have to decide on behalf of one of the parties, and and the only you only get two things, right? You get you get the stuff everybody tells you in the courtroom, you know, and 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 uh, you know proof or whatever you know uh, facts of the case and and evidence and stuff like that. But then the the, the only really other tool you get is the law, and right? you get a book with rules. And and you you have to decide along those rules, and I think v- most judges are probably concerned with doing that instead of um, consciously going. I have to serve justice, right? Because if that was your end goal, and you had two two parties, and you have the the, the book, you know, you have the law. If you're concerned with justice. And, 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 you know, the law says, okay, of, of party A and party B. And the law says party A should win this case. But your sense of justice, which is after all a personal thing, it's always a personal thing, says party B should win this case. Then you have to, like, um, contradict the law, right? Which, in you know, is in something like the American legal system is much more doable than the German one. In the German one, you really can't do that as a judge. I mean, you can pass that decision, but, you know, the 
every party in the case has the right to just you know probably escalate that to the next higher court and it'll get overruled probably um because they will they will say well the judge has not decided according to the law and that's just like how the german legal system works so maybe i'm colored by that but over here i think i feel like most judges uh generally uh see it as their mission uh to um you know see justice done but what they actually do in fact is follow the law and um so there, there's another another paper i found which i found even more interesting and this is probably uh, one of the one of the best um you know lay person approachable texts i found on this matter it's a pretty old document uh it's called the law and justice and it was written by C.A. Kent, um, published in the Michigan Law Review in 1903. But, you know, the law being the law, uh, there's often very old texts that, that still very much apply and this kind of philosophy in there, you know. Sometimes um, we go off the texts that are like 2,000 years old or older. Um, and um, so... Uh, this paper takes a... This is even more practical, but this takes a somewhat more of a historical view um, which I liked. So first off, C.A. Ken says, uh, justice means the giving of everyone his due. But in different ages, so that, you know, that's something most people would, that, that's the equality idea, right? Every Everybody getting their due. Um, also, one has to uh, see that I think this, this paper is written a bit more from a civil, um, you know, civil law perspective than a criminal law perspective um, because I think this is generally more um, a focus of, of civil law everybody getting this due but you know you can also uh, bend that towards criminal law because getting your due means getting due process you know fair a fair trial um, justice means the giving to everyone his due but in different ages and among different classes in the same age and country, there is much contradiction as to what due to what is due to classes and individuals. And what he basically says here is saying this is the problem with saying we want everybody treated fairly, because what treating everybody fairly means is very different depending on what society you live in. Right? If you lived in Soviet Russia, for example, um, a state that was predicated on the idea that there are different classes and that the worker class is worth more than every other class, especially a class that only has money, which, you know, the, it went so far in that, like, their legal system um, justified, you know, taking money and property away from people who... Uh, weren't workers, for example, were from a different class, the bourgeoisie, uh, you know, as, as as the communists like to call it. Um, right? They just said equality doesn't mean the same thing for everybody, right? If you if you're a worker, you're somewhat more equal. So that that's the problem. Um, See, Ken talks about here, and he has a even more um, egregious example. Um, he says, until recently, slaves were held in some civilized countries to whom very little was thought due. In Europe, there were for ages different legal rights for different classes. And no doubt it has seemed to, to masters of slaves and to nobles that their legal rights were perfectly just. 
right? So this is written 1903, where where this kind of stuff was much closer, right? Where we in, um, I mean, in 1903 in Germany, there were still nobles who had different rights than just, you know, if you had a font in front of your name, you had different rights than other people. Um, and, you know, certainly the same Britain at that time. And it's important to think back to that because it's important because we today we kind of feel like, you know, in, in the countries you're probably listening from, you are like, oh, this is the free world and we're all Democrats, you know, and we're all uh, progressive minded. And, and we think kind of often with this worldview comes the naive idea that that what we think is justice is the same as law. But what this shows is that what you know what society thinks is just is very much um, predicated on 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 society, and we still have that today, right? So, for example, um, in Germany, um, we've had for you know since the eighties, um, we've had rules about you know the, the goal was and is uh, to get more women into higher places in companies. Right and can get more women CEOs and stuff like that for a good reason because for a very long time, uh, women were underpaid. Uh, they were not in in these kind of decision making roles, um, and so that one people wanted to change that. So politicians went and made laws that said um, you have to you have you have to have a certain quota of women at a certain level of this company, which um, to the people making these laws was just right and i don't actually today in this episode i don't want to debate on whether that is justice because you can very well debate that because that is a very personal view um i don't want to debate that my point right now is that that is not equality right if you say okay um there's a job opening and a man and a woman are um, applying and they're both equally qualified and the, the law says you then have to give that job to the woman that is not equality for better or for worth worth i don't want to discuss today if, if you know if i think it should be equality whatever but that's not equality that is not uh, but you know that could still be seen as fair because you're saying there are too many men in these positions and we want to change that. So to make it fair on a society basis, we have to kind of prejudice against men in this very specific case, right? But this just points out that it is difficult to say, you know, what, what what's just and what is fair in a certain situation. It depends very much on where you're coming from and what, what the society is like. Um, so uh, going on with this paper from 1903. Today... In this country and other republics, the special quality of justice which meets popular approval is equality. We pride ourselves in saying that before the law, all men of whatever condition are equal. And we generally say that. We say that in Germany as well, even though I just explained to you a law where that's not the case. Right? Um, the words justice and equity have a very vague meaning as applied to most judicial contests in many perhaps most cases they have little real application whenever by any stretch they can be thought applicable both suitors claim their benefit and the court may find it very hard to decide which has the better right and you you know you see that in court cases all the time you know both cases um think they're justified and that you know 
their view um, is is justice. You know, you had that in the Drachenlord case. Case he was um, uh, in court because he like for for several reasons. But let's pick one of them. Um, people came to his house and shouted abuse at him. He shouted abuse back. Um, they started uh, attacking his, the gate of his house, or you know, uh, basically, you know, um, I mean, attacking. You know, go go to the go to his fence and just shake the fence or whatever. And um, he um, said that to defend his property, he you know he took out, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, def- you know. Uh, Tear gas, uh, tear gas canister, and sprayed some guy in the face, right? And he got um, he got indicted for that. But he was like kind of saying, me spraying that guy in the face with with tear gas um, was justice, right? For him, that that was very much justice. He he felt justified in doing that because he said, I was attacked. I'm attacked by these people, and they're attacking me. Um, and you know that is that is that is debatable, right? It's 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 debatable if that was justified at the moment. There are certainly moments where you you may use tear gas to defend yourself, right? If so, there there have been lots of cases where um, somebody a man tried to rape a woman and she had a tear gas canister and she sprayed him in the face and he got hurt, um, and then this whole ended up in front of court and he was like, she basically attacked me. That's assault. Um, and the woman said, I was defending myself. He was trying to rape me. And the judge said, no, that is completely justified. Um, so that, that's what he, that's kind of like what, 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 uh, this guy, uh, Zia Kent is also talking about. Um, in many cases, the controlling question is what rule will be for the benefit of the public. And I feel like this is very much how we think about this generally today. Right. If you look at it from a political science kind of standpoint, that is the end goal of the law, right? So you want you want laws that are of benefit to the public. They might not benefit a certain person, right? The the assault rules or the defending your property rules we have in this country um, might not in 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 the case of Drachenlord. Uh, Rainer Winkler, you know, be justice to him. Like, even if you look at it from a society standpoint, like the majority of society might not think that, you know, in his case, justice was served. But generally, if you're the state and you're trying to make laws, that is not what you're trying to do. You're trying, like, if if you have 80 million people living in Germany and generally these laws work and they protect people, and then you have one guy who's a specific outlier because he likes to shout at people and he likes to do it on the internet, um, it might be justified to just say, you know, um, yeah, it's not in, in his benefit, but it's generally in the benefit of the public. And, you know, I've, I've been critical of these kind of utilitarian arguments uh, in the past, but that is very much um, how it works, like how it states make laws how it you know it generally I, I feel should work right i'm not a utilitarian at heart but i think when it comes to laws and it comes to complex states with millions of people living in them this is probably the only way um you just have to make a, sure that they're not too utilitarian right and that's generally why i am such a proponent of um 
civil rights because civil rights usually temper this kind of thing right they're usually a a dampening factor on on these kind of laws i, I feel right on this on the utilitarianism of the general um you know legal system anyway continuing in this paper and in all cases the benefit of the public should be considered as much or more than the equity of the suitors right so basically if you have a court case and there are two people and they you know you're deciding um who's right and who's wrong it's still more important that whatever decision you make benefits the public um this is very much from an american standpoint because if you decide something as a judge that becomes precedent and it might you know other courts have to kind of often uh, adhere by that um it's not so much in germany uh, in, in in our legal tradition because that doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's more important what the state writes into the into the books in the law books because that's what the what in the end is what matters. Um, the interest of the public is in the establishment of convenient plain plain rules by which they may guide their business. This justice to the public should never be forgotten through eagerness to do justice between the suitors. But if we consider only the rights of the latter so the public, it is difficult to find any wide rule of equity which is not based on what is customary. So now we're getting philosophical, right? So if you're trying to make laws that are of benefit to the public, this guy says, and I think he's right, the problem is the public always decides on what is customary at the moment. So he continues, our notions of moral right are chiefly based on the customs of the society in which we have been educated. Right, which is which is why education is very important. This is a very this is a very important sentence, and it is very true. Our notions of moral right are chiefly based on the customs of the society in which we have been educated. I believe this very much. I think this is why we need to, you know, um, teach classical philosophy and thinking like that in schools, because otherwise, you know, and and this is also why if we don't teach children, for example, why privacy is important. Um, then it won't be in the future, right? Because because as a as a society later on, they will not think this is even right. You it's worth having. Um, different nations and classes. So you can see this from 1903 because they're talking about classes. Um, different nations, like even the U.S. in the U.S., different nations and classes vary in their moral notions, mainly because in some way they have developed different customs. We find great difficulty in tracing back these various custom, customs to any point, any original principles of morals which will be generally accepted. I think that's also very true. In general, it may be said that the ordinary and clearest ideas of both moral and legal right with most people are based on the rules in which they have been educated. And if customs have no rational basis, the fact that they have been acted on that rights have grown up in reliance on their validity constitutes one of the strongest reasons for basing legal decisions on them. If we look into legal history, we shall find that probably much of the strongest motive which has affected the law is the desire to make it so fixed that people can know how to act. So basically, it's uh, to people generally, to society, it's much more important to know what the rules are than if they are just. And I find it interesting that this is an American writing this because this is a very, very, I feel German, this is a very Prussian kind of attitude, right? Where you're not so concerned with, is something in the end 
ju justice. It's more about we need clear rules and we need to act by these rules. And Germans are very much like this, and you've seen this in the you know in the pandemic as well. It's like arbitrary rules. So I don't even care. Like I don't even care if this makes sense. Um, and it, you see this very much right now because many people in Germany and, and also people outside of Germany complain that Germany is a problem when it comes to the pandemic rules because here, and I've talked about this, you know, how every federal state has, has decision-making powers. Actually, the, the federal government is trying to take that away. And there's broad public support for this, which I think is really dumb because, you know, we learned uh, during the Nazi um uh, times that that this was very bad and centralized Germany is very bad. So this is why we created these powers for the federal states. But people find it very inconvenient. And they're basically thinking, you know, I don't care if this rule, right? I Okay, I'll have to wear a mask and one eye has always been shut and I have to dye half of my hair red on my head. I don't care. I just don't want it to change. Right? I don't I don't care how inconvenient it is to me. Yeah, I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to huff and puff. But generally, I just want a, a clean rules to live my life by. And they don't even have to make sense. I just want them to not change. And what pisses me, this is so amazing. So right now, these rules change all the time. So they relax them. Then, you know, the, the Omicron, Omicron, ah, 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 Omicron came around. Um, and now it's oh, everything's bad again. And then now it's worse. Um and what 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 I find uh, very very like I don't know amazes me and dismays me is that people um, are much more resistant to the, these rules changing a lot than they're actually just like impinging on their freedoms. Like people actually Germans actually don't care so much if you take their freedoms away as long as the rules stay. And I feel very much that was one of the successes of the Nazis because you know they had very strict rules, but they 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 were dependable, and that's 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 what Germans want. And interestingly, this seems this guy argues this is what generally societies generally want, right? This is an American arguing this. Okay, it was 1903, but you know, very interesting. Um, so um, he he goes a little bit into um, into history now, which which I which I appeals to me. Uh, he continues. Um, I mean, this is just you know, I've, I've cut this out of the paper. It's a very long uh, essay, well worth reading. So you know, private citizen or press. Yeah, it's a link to the whole thing. Um, anyway, uh, he continues. The development of the law appears to have mainly ceased. Uh, so this is like the political. Uh, this is the historic uh, aspect, right? The development of the law appears to have mainly ceased in Athens, and this is ancient Greece, during the period of its greatest glory, because questions of fact and law were submitted without appeal to the decisions of immense juries, who were expected to decide and did decide, not according to any fixed rules, but according to their sense of justice or pity or whatever emotion the orators of the day could excite. In Rome... Questions of fact and law were separated, and the latter left to decisions of trained lawyers, who were guided not, not by previous decisions, but by commentaries on the law made by men of the highest eminence for their legal attainments. The result was that Roman law reached a degree of excellence which has made it the admiration of all competent judges and the basis of a large part of the law of Europe and America. Right, And this is the... Um, the Roman legal system, which we still have in Germany, where, you know, 
judges decide by what what laws are on the books and they don't care about what other judges have decided before them they care about commentaries by by scholars on these laws right and 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 if you want to change you don't have different decisions that by 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 courts that pile up and then you say well you know the last 10 judges have decided that way so now we from now on we're, we're going to decide that way it's kind of a little bit more how it works in the uk and the us um, no, here you would change that law then, right? The, the government would be required to change or would be expected to change the law. Um, anyway, continuing in this text. The development of English and American law has not been unlike that of the Roman law, but there is one important difference. We find our law in our statutes and the decisions of our courts, but at Rome or like, you know, Germany, previous decisions were not binding on a judge safe in that case. He looked for guidance to the commentaries of the most eminent lawyers. Um, so what he's kind of saying here, the problem is if we s accept that law uh, generally is there to um, be of the benefit of the public, then we have the problem that it's very much decided by the customs of the day. And we don't want that. We want we want to transcend that, right? We want laws that are um, almost like um, um, in, a, in, a, in a way um, uh, like by kind of there's, there's a word that's on the tip of my tongue that I can't, it just doesn't want to come out. Um, we, we, we want them to be, um, God, no, I, I think I'll have to look it up in German. For some reason I have a German word. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Um, nah, not ubiquitous. Um, universal? Right, we we kind of want we want our law to transcend the um, feelings of the day, and we want them to be universal. And really, good laws are because if you study, um, you know, study become a lawyer, or you know, you just do some research into law, you will always end up um, looking at like Latin phrases, and this is because. In Rome, uh, in ancient Rome, they ha they developed legal ideas that were so universal that they're still, uh, you know, they're, they're still basically the basis of our law today. Uh, I just I just have to look something up. Uh, there was something I uh, just found the other the other day. Um, so there's. Um, there's in German law, there is a rule, which is, I think it's kind of like double jeopardy. It's called double jeopardy in English, but in, in, in German law, it's called a non bis in idem, which is Latin, right? And means, means not twice in the same thing. So that, that's a legal um, rule that is the base of pretty much all of our laws and, you know, in most <laughs> democratic societies, which says you can never be convicted for the same crime twice, um, which is so important as a basis of law, generally for law works that, you know, the Romans came up with that and we're still using that today. Um, it's a very, very, very important kind of thing. There's lots of these, right? So, so we kind of 
um, aspire to the Romans, the ancient Romans, because we kind of want to, we want the same thing in our states and in our laws. We want laws that are so well well written and so generally applicable um, and so just, right, that the external circumstances don't don't matter, right? The technology we're talking about doesn't matter. It's just like these general ideas. Um, so we kind of we kind of want a, a a philosophy that tra transcends like the needs and impulses of the moment, and then we want to codify that into law, which, as I said in the beginning, is impossible. But we want to get as, as as close to that as possible, right? Um, so um, this uh, this guy. Um, C.A. Kent ends his uh, paper like this. And I thought this was a very, very intelligent sentence. Um, it is in law, as in literature, art, science, or religion, or any other great interest of society. He who would live in human memory must appeal not to the fashion or emotion of his day merely, but to those qualities of human nature which are permanent. The great legal writers of Rome were men of this type. Their works live, and in them lives the Roman law, because founded on principles which today uh, commend themselves to all who are able to understand the subjects. Because, you know, they were founded on principles which today commend themselves to all who are, not, who are able to understand the subject. And so this is kind of what we want. And that, that is kind of... Uh, this kind of brings me to the end, and and to sum it up, um, you know, we need to understand when we're talking about laws that that there's a difference between law and justice, and that that law is an instrument of the state or of society to get to justice, but we can never get there. It's kind of when I talk about uh, journalism, right? Your end goal. It might be to be objective, but you can never get there. But, you know, that, that nevertheless should still be your goal. Um, but just because we can never get there, we need to see that there is a difference. And that what somebody, and, you know, this could be a judge, doesn't matter, what somebody who actually decides these things, what somebody sees as just is, is dependent on, on, on their life, their experiences, their, their status in society. Um, you know, also somebody who's in front of a court who's, who's being decided on. So um, that is one thing. You know, justice is somewhat arbitrary and, and depends on the person. But when we are trying to make laws, and we often talk about laws, uh, I often talk about you know, when I talk about laws, I often talk about the, the ones that I don't feel are, are very just in some cases. We have to realize that the goal is to be just, you know, the, the goal of the law is to have a result that is as close to justice as possible for the majority of people. And it has to benefit the majority of the people. Otherwise, it's not a good law. And there are a lot of not so good laws in our society right i don't know where you live but like in germany there are a lot of laws that and and generally rules in society but also laws that benefit let's say people are rich um or companies because they have lobbies right there's there's often laws that benefit companies much more than they benefit um a person which in itself could be justified right 
if if it's better for society as a whole, you know, that can still be good. But often often it isn't. Often it's just, you know, better for a small amount of people and that's always the problem. So when you when you look at laws and also, you know, legal decisions, you ha you have to look at at the law kind of divorced from justice, right? That's it's an analysis you have to make in every case, right? And that's often where I, you know, I, 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 I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, I'm interested in these things. So I often watch YouTube channels by lawyers or listen to podcasts or read stuff that lawyers write about certain decisions. And I often find myself or sometimes find myself disagreeing with them because that's what I meant in the beginning because lawyers often... Um, there's a case and then a judge decides and if the judge decides according to the law you know as the lawyer sees it then that often ends the discussion for them right because they're lawyers they're not interested in the philosophical political discussion often they're like well this is this is this was a correct decision by a judge so so basically justice is served right they're not they're not having the dis discussion was justice actually served and to me that is the more interesting discussion right and that's why i never want to be a lawyer because for me that is boring um because for me the interesting questions start when the um when the when when the the judge has decided right the same thing with when I talked about the uh, the constitutional court and you know the triage decisions. It's like for many people in society, it's like okay, that's the highest court in the land. It has decided this is now the law, or will be the law, and they're basically going, "This is justice now," which it doesn't doesn't you know not necessarily, and that's where for me the interesting um, questions come. Like okay, this is will be the law now, but is this justice served? that's the thing that interests me as a journalist and you know as a person um and um you know that that's but to discuss that you have to like understand understand the difference and i feel like a lot of journalists especially when they write articles um they ask lawyers that specialize in this in a field so something happens there's you know let's just i don't know the Drachenlord cases in the media, and then there's a decision, and something the journalist reports on it, and they ask a lawyer who specializes in this kind of thing, and they ask them for their legal opinion, and and they kind of sell that as a um, an analysis of justice, if justice was served, right? Because in the end, that's what the reader is interested in. The reader is not so much interested in the law. I mean you know some sometimes from you know what what sh what can't i do or what can i do kind of perspective but generally for journalists the most more interesting questions was this just but journalists often confuse this and then, then they ask a lawyer and the lawyer talks about you know if the law was applied correctly and says yes the law was applied correctly basically and the journalist goes oh so justice was served where that discussion is a much more interesting discussion but for a journalist if you're writing news that's not something you can just ask somebody about right as a journalist you're writing news you want a blurb you want somebody to say something and then you can quote them and then your article is done and you can do that with a lawyer and you can figure out if the if if the law was applied correctly that is something you can go yes so this ex expert on the subject says yes 
or we ask two, two, three experts on subjects and they all agree. Whereas what's justice served is not something you can have an expert on generally. Right? You'd have to have a philosopher and even they would probably tell you it's a very personal thing. Um, so that is often not reported well, I feel, even though it's the more interesting um, this, this question. And, and the problem to me with a lot of this reporting and a lot of people talking about this is not that the journalists can't go, well, you know, what's just the served or not. They're confusing that, right? They're going, basically, they're not writing in these clear terms as well, but like in their, in their brain, they're confusing this and they go basically, yes, justice was served. Um, they could just as well go, you know, the law was applied correctly. Here's a quote from a lawyer. Um, but that doesn't mean justice was served and that is not a question that is easily answerable, right? And for me, this is a, a problem that I often encounter when I talk about this on the show because, you know, when you read stuff about, you know, we talked about the Drachenlord case and, and you read my colleagues writing about this, um, they basically uh, pick a side, right? They go, oh, the haters are evil. Uh, or you know, that's the general side everybody has picked. Um, or they go, you know, Drachenlord is, is, is at fault. You know, he, he's at fault because he, he, he keeps this, he keeps, you know, yelling at people and insulting them. Um, whereas if you go like, what is justice in this case? You'd probably end up in the middle. You know, you'd be kind of like this when he talks about like there's two parties in front of the judge. But what is important is, 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 you know, what's been decided for the public, right? So if you have a court case, as you had in that case, being the hater, the haters, so-called haters, uh, versus Drachenlord, everybody goes like, oh, yeah, who's right, the haters or Drachenlord? Where the actual interesting question is actually not that, because they're probably both at fault <laughs> to some degree. The, the problem is, like, what, how does what is decided there in the end impact the public that is the important question and that is very often overlooked because it's a very it's it's hard to answer sometimes it's, it's you can't answer it but i feel as a journalist like lots of journalists seem to only ask questions they can answer because they feel like the, the article has failed if i pose a question that can't be answered whereas i think just lots of questions can't be answered um and you still have to have that discussion because the discussion is the important thing Anyway, I hope that made sense. Um, if you have any input on this, please do write me. Uh, Private Citizen of Press, contact link. There's, there's lots of ways to get in contact. Email, whistleblower, contact forms, forums, everything. Let me know um, because I think this is, you know, this is what I think does not be all and all. And I think this is a very important thing that we might come back to. I mean, this is one of the episodes that I'm probably going to link to for years to come on this podcast because a topic will come up and then I will say, well, here we have a, a classic conflict between the law and justice. And then I can link to this episode. Um, so I hope... I hope very much um, I, I, I did it justice. And with that, um, I, I was talking about the feedback. Let's uh, let's look at the feedback.
I mentioned um, the forum there before. We had uh, very interesting discussions on the forums in the last few weeks. Um, so we have one discussion um, that, oh, who started it? Well, I have, there's a link, Private not Press, Jones uh, for episode 105. There's obviously a link. I think, yeah, Baza will, Barry Williams started this, um, basically asking the question, does vaccination actually increase the spread of SARS-CoV-2? And I think I first misunderstood him, um, but there's a very interesting discussion that came from that. I don't want to read all of that out on the show. But um, it's well worth reading. And, you know, even if you're not on the forum, you can read it. You know, it's it's public, right? Um, but if you want to comment, please just sign up. It's not it's not that much hassle. Um, and then there was also a very interesting thread on last episode, episode 104, like the feedback thread. Um, it's also well worth a read. I'm not going to read out all of it. But, you know, Beth Will once again uh, came in with... Uh, you know, I was talking about triage and 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 handicapped people, and he was basically uh, linking to a Guardian story where the same thing came up in the UK, I think. And it seems to be that they actually have this problem where there's actually, um, you know, people who are disabled are being um, mistreated in triage, even though like their disability doesn't even affect you know, what you're deciding, like, what their chance to survive is. So, you know, that's some, that's definitely not something I was defending um, and very interesting. And then, you know, obviously, uh, Redeemer F also had some very interesting thoughts on this, on this whole problem. And we have, we, this is just a very, very good discussion. Um, Yevgeny came in from, from Russia. And, um, I mean, he's of the opinion that generally this is not such a big problem because generally... You always have that problem that judges are being burned down with, as he calls it, additional legal, financial, political, moral, whatever overload. Um, I, I told him, I, I feel um, that this is not so much in Germany, that this is actually a turning point in, in how, how doctors have to deal with things in Germany. I don't know. I don't know if I'm not to clue in not clued in enough what's going on actually in emergency rooms or if it's just a different situation in Russia, which I you know, wouldn't surprise me. Um, but anyway, it's a very, it's a very good discussion. We had some discussion about um, the military, um, and uh, yeah, it's well, well, uh, a thread well worth reading. Um, then I also had an email um, from Carlos F. Lange, who says, "Thank you for episode 100. It was really nice to hear you speaking from the heart. And boy, did I have goosebumps hearing Sudomod probe again. So many memories." Um, yeah, it's nice that uh, people got a kick out of that. Um, thanks. Um, I'm also happy that people like that episode. Uh, and Matt, 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 sorry, Matt Tesoro said on Twitter, um, just got done enjoying Private Citizen episode 104. Nice job. But a word of warning, if you ever make it to Texas, when you say triage, it starts tree, not tricycle. So triage, I guess. Triage. As if it says something to do with trees. Um, at least that's how we say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to get into trouble if I get to Texas anyway. Um, I don't think they're going to... I, I replied to him, I said, I don't, I don't think I don't think they're going to like the way I uh, uh, I pronounce is your either. I, I always like everybody in Germany, um, because, you know, Microsoft Azure, um, Azure, because that's what they call their cloud service, 
now everybody in Germany, because they never heard of the color, the color being pronounced, even though, you know, we um, officially uh, learn SBE, so like British English, Southern British English in school, um, you know, obviously there's a huge uh, American influence. So, so, you know, if you speak German, uh, English in Germany, um, from your school education, you should call that color is your um, which, you know, which I, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to speak to Queen's English here. That's why I'm trying to say privacy as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna get into trouble over there anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to try uh, wearing uh, my John B. Stetson and, uh, and, and hope that'll, that'll, that'll rescue me. Uh, anyway, thanks for that feedback. Uh, also, Matt, uh, very... Uh, um, very nice. Um, he was uh, writing to me on Twitter to my personal account, but you know, um, I thought this uh, want to put that in the show notes. If you also have comments, and you should really, if you listen to this one-hour philosophical um, one-man show by me, then you probably, I mean, you will maybe feel different. If you feel the same, I still want to hear from you. Actually, really. Um, so yeah, please, um, please give me some feedback. I always. Um, I always appreciate that. And with that, we get to the point where I tell you that you can support the show if you want to. You don't have to. Um, you can become a patron on Patreon. Or you can support me via PayPal, producers at fab.industries. Or you can subscribe on Twitch if you want to. That's the value for value model. And uh, with that come the thanks to the people who did that. So um, keeping the show on the air and bringing you this episode uh, today, uh, we'll have to thank Georges, Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, Michael Small, 1i11g, Rodane the Insane, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Vlad, Bennett Piata, Tobias, Sandman616, Kai Sears, Mode7, Joe Poser, Fadi Mansur, Dirk Didi, Rizel, Avis, David Potter, Mika, Mr. Ramish, Cam, Dave Amrish, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan, RJ Tracy, Rick Bragg, Captain Eckhart, Robert Forster, Superuser, Astral C, D, No Reply, Ewan Curry, John Chandler, Robin Lieber, Zach, and Felipe Cavallo. Thanks to all of you for um, supporting the show. And also th thanks to my Twitch subscribers. I'm live streaming this on Twitch. Um, and they're either supporting that or the uh, my bad video game playing. Um, where I get killed uh, all the time. Um, so thanks to Stardew Lisa, Mike the Dane, JohnsonMH.com, IndieGamiax, Redeemer RF, Sandman616, Bacon the Pork, Mode 7's Unavailable, Nomt771, Water News XYZ, and MTE Sorrow. So um, thanks to all of you. Um, I appreciate it. I wonder if MTE Sorrow is uh, Matt Tesoro. Kind of. I don't know. Kind of strikes me as uh, that could be possible. A lot of the people support the show, uh, support it in various ways, which is very much appreciated. You're the hardcore producer base that keeps me going. And I also have to thank ByteMark. 
at bitemark.co.uk, UK cloud hosting company, an amazing UK cloud hosting company. For many years, they've provided me with two servers that uh, bring you the audio files without fail. Uh, for years, this has been working and uh, I, I couldn't pay for it. I'd, I'd go bankrupt. So thanks to Bitemark. Yep, and uh, also thanks to Raul Cabezali, who wrote the song Acoustic Roots, which is the theme song of this podcast. Why can I never say this? Um, I'm not even drunk. Um, yeah, and then um, I'm going to play us out uh, with a song called Here and Now by the Bloodwerk Band. We had several of their songs uh, on the show. Um, there's this an amazing uh, jazz combo and I've, I've been enjoying jazz a lot recently so um yeah uh, i'm gonna play you out with that i should be back next wednesday um as long as it's still january i'm trying to keep to the normal schedule and then of course no shows in february while i try to finish my novel um but you know there'll be i think two more shows this month probably i don't i could look at the calendar right now but it sounds about right um so um yeah oh that that reminds me i was gonna tell you at the beginning of the show why the show was delayed i mean i talked about this before but i totally forgot um yes yeah, so i got a uh, i had a tattoo done last wednesday so i couldn't couldn't do the podcast on wednesday uh a uh a snake um i should probably put a picture in the show notes i posted it on twitter but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put a, a picture in the show notes um for you um, it's only the the, the first half um, of the tattoo. It's uh, there's a lot more to come. It's very uh, green and blue because fuck the EU. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I did that on Wednesday, and then the rest of the day, obviously, uh, I was hurt, and and the day after as well. And I just I don't know, I just um, I underestimated how um, like because it's on on the shoulder, I, ca I could really couldn't move that arm for a while, and like typing even hurt and shit. And then I had a lot of other stuff to do, so yeah, I just this show just got delayed because of that. Um, but um, we should be back to a normal schedule um, next week. Anyway, um, have a nice nice weekend if you listen to this on the weekend or whatever, and uh, I'll see you soon. Remember, always aim to misbehave. Mm -hmm.